nation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Father, we thank you for the provision that we have in you. Thank you for the provision that we have in you. Thank you that all of redemption is actually rooted in the revelation of provision. All of redemption. One of the very early prototypes of the Christ is the ram that was caught in a thicket when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son. And you spoke and said, Abraham, do not kill the boy. I have already made provision. Lord, from that premise this morning, I ask that every area of lack in this house is permanently judged. That we will not practice a fake version of Christianity. One that has learned to settle for the enemy's lies that lack should be our ongoing experience. Lord, we receive the light of your spirit and I deal with deep-seated roots of lack, insufficiency, inadequacy. I command such to be permanently uprooted and destroyed in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every inroad that the culture may have had in the subconscious mind, that the Nigerian scenario or the African context may have had, even upon the desires and the thoughts and the concepts of your children. But I proclaim that there is a switch this morning from what Nigeria says to what God says. From what this economy is proposing to what the kingdom has already established. Lord, I proclaim that the heavens are opened by this house and that the Spirit of God begins to teach and expand and expound in our hearts the eternal intent of God that you want us to have more than enough to have mega supply. So I proclaim prophetically that there is a mega supply in the name of Jesus. Not only of material things but of spiritual virtue. Our joy is mega. Our peace is mega. Our hope is mega. Our faith is mega. Everything begins to roll in abundance in the name of Jesus. We will not just have enough for ourselves. We have enough for everybody around us. We have enough for our family members. We have enough for our friends. We even have enough for our enemies. Because your word says we should do good to them that hate us. But we will not be at the beg, beg, at the at the beck and call of our enemies. We will not have to beg our enemies. But when our enemies come, we will have enough to be able to release them from their own sufferings. The same way Joseph was so resourced that after his brothers came to beg, he was not in deficit. He was in surplus. Lord, this morning we move everyone under the sound of my voice from deficit to surplus, from lack to abundance, not as a temporary station of existence, 
or as our permanent residence. This becomes our PR in God, our permanent residence in God. Not in the material resources, but in the revelation that we have everything that we need. And as a result of that revelation, the ongoing experience of our lives will be a witness to that truth. As we receive this abundance, not only in things, but also in people. We have an abundance of people. Oh, you all don't want that one. We have an abundance of people. One of the things I will teach today is to know what you really need in abundance. So one of the things in abundance of is an abundance of people. When you have the right people, you will not even think about material resources. Solomon had governors, people who were resourcing him with different things every month of the year. Father, we receive an abundance of people in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Help me spread abundance, joy. Give somebody a high five. You can clap, it's all right. And then give somebody a high five. you may be seated. Let's get right to the teaching this morning. There is a lot to teach, but I trust the Lord for brevity and succinctness. Let's go real quick to 2 Second, Second Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. It's quite an interesting story, and I'm trusting God to be able to tell it, but not only to tell it, but so that you can also have handles how many of you would love it if you could understand the secrets to never running out of resources how many of you would love it now how many of you believe i can teach you that right by the grace and mercy of god um i've not run out of resources since 2008 how long is that he said, that's another thing. If you're going to have abundance, you must know how to calculate. I'm telling you, I will show you from the Bible. Yes. Almost every miracle of provision in the Bible had numbers. Fill water pots with oil. How many? Six of them. Multiply. So how many loose of bread do you have? Five. Accounting precedes uncountable. <laughs> so it's not about whether you love math. It's do you love your future? <laughs> right you see so how many of you believe that's 15 years right so do you think I have some things to teach you yeah. now I will say it over and over again it does not mean every time you look into my account I have millions there because it's not the millions that determine the abundance it is first of all a state right a revelation then a state then a reality what many of us complain about is about is about our reality, not about our revelation or our state. Most of us want to be rich in resources, but we're poor in state. How are you poor in state? When you're dejected, you're being poor in state because poor people are dejected. Oh, come on, it's too early to be silent. <laughs> it's too early to be silent. He's already entering. If he's entering, say yeah, say ouch, say mmm. <laughs> if you're wearing a long face, do rich people wear long faces that often? Who wears long faces that often? Poor people? No, let, come on, let's talk, right? So, see, your, your supply stream starts with revelation first. 
then it has to be matched by state. Number three is now the resources or the activities that create resources. And many of us, we focus on activity, but it's not the activity that really makes a difference. It's the revelation. In the realm of revelation, you have wisdom, you have insight, you have foresight, you have the intangible assets. By the way, for those of you who are exposed to branding and marketing, you know that some of the most important assets of an organization are what? Intangible, right? So you're talking about the intangible as things that you cannot handle, that you cannot physically hold, but those are the things that actually determine what goes on in that business. Isn't that so? So if unbelievers are savvy enough to understand that, believers must pay attention to that. And I can show you this all through the Bible. That the first thing is a revelation. That's why even in the text we're reading this morning, the prophet or the kingdom agent, the kingdom influencer, the kingdom officer will always want to know what do you have? What is available? What revelation do you have? In almost every scenario, right? <laughs> right? Why? Because that's how God rolls. Look at anybody says that's how start do. We don't start with our resources. We start with our revelation. We start with our revelation. Dangote does not start with do I need one trillion or two trillion? No. It's what do I see? Who do I be? What do I want to have? Don't try to take cues from the water to discover who you will be. The water will always tell you you will drown. Decide that you are a swimmer and the water will part ways for you. I was, I was talking with a high, high value, high end coaching client a couple of days ago. I can't remember. This, this week has gone by so fast. I don't know what day of the week it is. I know it's Sunday because today I'm here. Oh, are we having midweek service? <laughs> right? And, and I said to him, because he dealing with a couple of things, I said, you have to choose not to take movement cues from the water. Because the water will carry you where you don't know. Determine where you want to go and chart a course through the waters. Otherwise, the storm will redirect your movement. Many of us are trying to take cues from the economy. Wrong move! The economy is the water, you're the swimmer. The swimmer decides where he wants to go, right? The Bible says that he has given man dominion over the works of his hands. You don't need dominion if everything was always favorable. Dominion means that you're exerting the weight of your value on something that may be rebellious sometimes. And so kingship is not alignment. Kingship, kingship is not just alignment. Kingship is oftentimes subjugation of what does not want to align. Somebody shout money, align. Economy, align. Resources, show. Because I think that many of us have the idea that everything should be going per, <laughs> giving per. <laughs> but sometimes giving per gives poverty. <laughs> Look at neighbor say sometimes they won't give her. So you give her. Because per is cat, Abby. But lion is a bigger cat. So when it's not giving per, you better roar. It's okay, you don't clap. 
So what have I learned from the word of God? I want to teach you today because I feel like a lot of people, particularly young people, are sort of disenfranchised. And what does that mean? That means that you're not together. Um, part of it is because of the economy and how tough things are. But let me tell you, things are very tough globally. True or true? Now, some other climes have greater advantages because of infrastructural advancement or quality of education or uh, plurality of opportunities. But generally, almost any economy you get into, if you don't understand things I'm going to be teaching today, at some point, either in early life or midlife or uh, later in life, at some point in life, you will struggle, right? So if you go to America and you're able to get through school, you get your student loan, you're going to have about 20 years to pay that back, right? Right? How many of you want to pay back loans till you're 50 something? Should you not be building a university when you're 50 something? So I really need us to understand this, not from a Canada is better than Nigeria perspective, but from a kingdom is better than anywhere on earth perspective. What I want to give you is not what is better. I want to give you what is real. That's the kingdom. So whether you're in Johannesburg or you're John Hazelberg. <laughs> Whatever it is, you can look into the kingdom constitution and say, this is how I do it. Amen. Second Kings, are you ready? Second Kings chapter 4, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know, you know, you know that your servant is a God-fearing man. He feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do you for? <laughs> what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have? Come and talk to me, people. By the way, one of the signs of rich people is that in as much as they don't talk a lot, they talk loud when they do talk. They're clear about their communication. What do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a... Look at your neighbor saying, Tell the person, Say, that is the real pot. That's the real pot. Say that's the real pot. Uh -huh. He said, Jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from where? From where? Another one says, All over the place, from all around. All your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Somebody say accounting. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So what happened? The oil ceased. Your own oil will not cease in the name of Jesus. 
Then she came and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons will live on the rest. I proclaim over this house, from today you will begin to sell things. You will begin to sell things. You will sell your intellectual property. You will sell your resources. You will sell your ideas, your intelligence volume. You will sell your intelligence. You will deploy solutions, strategies, systems, structures. You will have innovative ideas. You will sell markets. Your market will sell in the name of Jesus. For the real estate people, your land will begin to sell. Your land will begin to fly. For those who are selling food, you will not lack customers any longer. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. I proclaim concerning those who, who sell Brandon, PR, design, logo design, for those who are coaches, therapists, consultants, uh, those who are mentors, speakers, communicators, they will begin to call for you in the name of Jesus. I give to you one year's worth in the next one month. God is moving you from mega to mega because he is the omega, oh my mega. Oh, somebody hear what I just said? Because he's the omega, oh my mega God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I proclaim concerning you dryness is far from you this woman in the story she was a widow I will explain what that means in the Jewish concept it means that she didn't have a man to defend our cause or to speak for her or to move the boundary lines or to advocate her cause but she came to a prophet in other words the prophetic can give you what your family heritage could not give you I stand in my office as a prophet over your destiny this morning and I proclaim concerning you where you are disadvantaged you have a kingdom advantage now you have a kingdom advantage now it will not be said you have no help because Yehoshua Hamashiach the king of glory he is your father he is your helper he is the lifter of your head you will not be in down times and desperate moments but the Lord himself the Olawak Bogbora he stretches out his mighty hand of deliverance and power and he picks you out of the miracle he places your feet upon the place of support in the name of Jesus walk in a place of abundance you sell a multitude of resources you pay your debts yes I know there are those who are in deficit there are those who are owing clients because you can't seem to deliver owing your boss because you took a company loan owing your family members because you took a family loan but you will pay them off in the next 13 days in less than two weeks those debts are paid off in the name of some of you are in laws that are too embarrassing they are too overwhelming to even admit you can't calculate or computer. You went into a bad deal. Something dissolved. Something disappeared. Something dissipated. You lost your money and lost other people's money. Hear the voice of the Lord. It is not hidden from Jehovah. He is not hidden from him. You will pay back those debts with dignity in the name of Jesus. You will not die a debtor. You will not even die. You will live long and fulfill the agenda of God. He said you will go and live on the rest. You will not die on the rest you will live on the rest you are not a mock a mock a subject of mockery you are not a laughing stock you are a miracle carrier you are a glory dispenser you are an abundance facilitator in the name of Jesus for every door that was shut I open three for you for every investment that went bad I open more for you for everything that collapsed I raise up more for you may the angels allocate 
onto my assignment, begin to navigate, begin to arrange, rearrange, reorganize, realign every crack, every broken place in the name of Jesus until everything is set in order and you can say now all things are ready. Somebody shout a thunderous amen. Please help me prophesy to five people. Tell them mega supply is your experience. Mega supply. Mega supply is your experience. All right. I want us to please understand something that God is not a bad God. He's a very good God. As a matter of fact, when Jesus spoke, he said, no man on earth is good. He said, only God is good. And when the, the Hebrew mind speaks about goodness, he's not speaking about relative goodness. So God is not even used uh, uh, in the Hebrew text. They don't say God is very good, right? They say God is good because good means ultimately well-intentioned. That's God does not have a bad thought. God is not thinking, hey, this is Juwan that, you know, did this or did that. Let me show him Pepe. God is not trying to use poverty to teach you nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, God is so good, he's got you covered. You know how it is you've been exposed to a certain condition for a long time. You might begin to make excuses for the prevalence of that situation. Have you been there before? Where you begin to say, okay, maybe some families, maybe some believers, maybe no. Let's go back to what the word of God says. It says that in God there is no variableness. Neither is there any shadow of turning. I mean, no shadow of turning. Which means that if he was like this with the Jews, he's like this with the Gentiles. If it was like this in the Old Testament, it's like this in the New Testament. His character is consistent. His character is consistent. And it says, we looked at it three Sundays ago, when we were speaking about plenty of fish. He said, which one of you who are even evil will the child ask for a fish and then you're going to give that child a snake or a scorpion. And then the child will ask for bread and you're going to give that child stone. He said you wouldn't even do that. So why do you think your Heavenly Father, when you ask him of the Holy Spirit, he will not give you of the Holy Spirit? He is very intentional about every day of your life. God's allocation is not just for your good days. God's allocation is not just for your good days, the days of your moral uprightness, the day you met your two-hour prayer quota, the day that you uh, scored straight A's in school. No. God's allocation is predicated first on his character before it's predicated on your actions. Good to see you, man. Right? It's first on his character. Therefore, when every other thing is failing in your life, please make sure that you hold on to the word of God because what never fades, what never changes, what never moves is the word of God. It says, forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. A couple of days ago, I think two or three days ago, I saw a headline where somebody was saying, everybody must hold this administration up to their promises. One of their promises was that they were going to restore all the Chibor girls. Somebody say, hmm. Somebody say, hmm. You know, that's one of the ways they voted the last administration out. They're like, ah, this guy is a military man. <laughs> oh, somebody say, Lord, open my eyes. The fact that somebody is a military man does not mean the person will not use their military might against you. 
right? That's why if you're single, please open your eyes well. Say this man is very broad-chested. He will defend me. He might also beat you with his broad chest. True or true? True or true? Somebody said they won't beat our sisters. So the, the thing you're looking at in other people, hoping they're going to use it for you. Was that what they said? said? The man is a military man. Ah, he will defend the territories. He will defend it. <laughs> he has built you real track into another country. <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you, when do you plan to go to the Nigeria Republic, John? They've built you real. <laughs> go to the Nigeria. You want to jack back? into the deserts, <laughs> right? So, so you have to be discerning. What does not change is the word of God. I can give you a couple of examples. How many of you before maybe called an uncle and auntie and um, you had a project going, maybe you find out your project, project or something like that, and you call that person with the intent that they will support you. And I guess the person was well-meaning. So see me on Thursday. Uh, and then when you call the person on Thursday, number one, the phone was not going through. Eventually it was going through and then they were cutting the call. Then eventually after they now paid because hey, I am. It's today Thursday. Yes, my it's Thursday. Uh, okay, uh, but see me the next Thursday. Then you call. Why are you saying why? Well, hasn't happened to you before? Then you <laughs> better say on a normal level. Then you call the next Thursday. Then say, oh, it's th- yeah, it's Thursday again. See me the next. After a while, did you stop going or not? After a while. Why? Because even well-meaning men can fail. So why do we spend so much of our time trying to follow up with people instead of following up on the word of God? The first place must be the word of God. Why am I saying that? Because when you look at the text, when you look at the text, media, if it can help us with a happier background than that. When you look at the text, verse 1, it says that there was a widow woman, which was one of the wives of the sons of the prophets. She came to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. In other words, her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. This was a well-meaning person, a good person, somebody who had some kind of pedigree, but he's still disappointed. Why? Anything that is not the word of God holds the possibility of disappointment. Oh, come on now. Yes, come on now. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you look good, but I know you can disappoint. Let's just make it clear. Let's just make it clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at someone say, I know you look very nice. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, tell the person sometimes, sometimes, Pilan, look at your wife, wife, look at uh, your husband, or uh, look at yourself, look at your sister, say, I know you look good, but I know sometimes you can disappoint. So please, why is it? that we prioritize our appointments with those who can disappoint us. And we don't prioritize our appointment with the world that will never disappoint us. That is the first premise of supply I want us to think about. The word of God. If everything is failing in the culture, in the economy, in 
politics, in government, in your family, in your finances, in your forex. Uh, oh yeah, where are all the crypto investors? Come on, crypto people. Can we just celebrate God for their endurance and celebrate God? Come on now. By the way, everybody should be a crypto person. <laughs> uh, come on, everybody, celebrate all the crypto investors. You know, it takes a lot for it to rise to $60,000 and then crash to sixteen. You must have heart. Yeah. And always, I've told you about crypto, always remember that the first three letters is cry. Right, just, just always. No, but you should invest in it. You should, because ultimately, digital currency will take over the world right ultimately but i'm just trying to show you that your heart <laughs> someone's been strong your heart cannot be material things are we getting the point that, that's the point i'm trying to make your esteem and your confidence cannot rise and fall based on codes in your account it's too risky your confidence must be in the word of god are we here now <laughs> we have to get it we have to get it beyond just the revelation it has to be our lives we have to be in a state where we know that I just got the pay raise and I'm getting 5 million naira. that's awesome okay but Paul said I've learned to abase and how to abound the challenge is most of us wait until something bad happens before we abase but God can actually ask you that 5 million you got give it to me isn't that so I was going to say, God has not told you that before. Most of you will say, yeah, no, right? Don't worry. Keep growing. <laughs> so I don't want to grow to that level. Grow in Jesus' name. <laughs> right? So that, that's the point. God doesn't want any other thing to compete with his word in our lives. Are we getting it? And that's why many times when he's about to help your life and your destiny, he will make sure that you either cannot access the other things you have, but the word, aha, uh -huh. he might lock it in a state or a space or a place until you find treasure in the word of God. And when you found treasure in the word of God, it says now you have the order right. Somebody say cry, but cry to the word. Shout aloud and say cry, but cry to the word. The woman said my husband he was a good man, but he's disappointed me. He was anointed, but he's disappointed me. Uh, he was well-meaning, but he's disappointed me. Why? He took some loans. He left some debts behind. And now, what we raised together, the children we raised together, are about to be taken away. Why? In certain aspects of that culture, if you couldn't pay back, then your children were going to be taken away as slaves. And they will work and work and work and work for as long as they are able to pay back all that was being owed with interest. Can I propose to you that this is also the world system? When I say the world system, how many of you know that many of the sufferings of young people in Nigeria right now is because of the indebtedness that older people created for the nation? Are you aware that there is a strong rumor going around? I don't have the facts and figures, but I have some facts, not all the figures. 
that this administration has put the nation in debt till 2060. And say, what, what year is it? It's really bad. So that means that the monies that people in University of Lagos or Illinois or whatever should be using for bursary. Now, somebody's going to be wondering, why am I working so hard? Because you are working hard to pay back the debt that I've accumulated. Are you getting the point? I'm trying to show you the big picture so you don't just think, oh, God has forsaken me. Mm -mm, I'll show you in the story how debt is man's problem, but God always has a solution for it. Oh, nobody's happy about God's solution. God always has a solution. Look, your neighbor, see, you're not doomed. See, I'm not stalked. There's a way out. God is bringing you out. So what has happened is they have, they've been compounding issues year after year because you say they've, they've gotten loans from the Chinese government over and over. Now, it would have been great if we now had 10 ultra-modern medical centers all across Nigeria. Oh, now we know what the money is for. So that would have been great if we had 100 free schools that were super ultra, Wi-Fi powered, tech, Tablets dropping on people's laps as they go into school. Holographic technology. One lecturer, you know, speaking to 300 students. Would have been great if you had a research assistant, AI. <laughs> Do your homework for me, AI. <laughs> it would have been great. But you can't see what that is for, right? <laughs> what has happened? Deaths. Debt. What is debt? Debt is I'm robbing my future to satisfy my presence. Debt does not mean I'm taking money from somebody who doesn't have it, somebody who hasn't no. Every time there is debt, I'm emptying my future to fill up my past or my present. So whenever you're borrowing money, please always have it in mind that what is happening is I'm empty, emptying something. Every time you are borrowing money, you are emptying something. Is somebody getting that? Don't see it as I'm boring. Mm -mm. See it as what am I emptying? When you don't see it like that, you don't understand the implication. When you are borrowing, you are emptying something. Someone says, oh, well, it's not my money. You're right. For now, it's somebody else's money. But guess what? You're emptying some of your nights of sleep. You're emptying some of your dignity of self-respect. Oh, come on now. You're emptying some of your social relationships of trust and credibility. So whenever there is debt, you are always emptying something. Oh. That's why when God is going to move you from debt into abundance, he has to feel empty things. But the first thing God does to the woman is that when the woman comes to the prophet, it says the creditor is coming to take my two sons away. Why? Credit looks like it's given, but it's actually coming to take. It says the creditor is coming to take away. So ultimately, every credit system is to take something away from you. <laughs> Every credit system is to take something or someone away from you. 
And so what has happened to so many people all over the world is that something has been taken away from them. In Nigeria, a lot has been taken away from people. In the Western world, money has not been taken away, but dignity has been taken away. Time has been taken away. Confidence has been taken away. Creative imagination has been taken away. Because whilst people have had a lot of lack, financial lack in Nigeria, there's still the drive and the passion and the creative capacity to say, what can I do with an app? What can I do with, with technology? And how can I get grants and raise investments to the tune of millions of dollars, which then buys me time? Because I can work on the project from 21 to 27. I have a big break at 28. And then I have $20 million that I can can use for the next 20 years. Is somebody following? I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying know what is happening. And more importantly, what is going on? <laughs> right? So what does the prophet say in verse 2? Let's go very quickly. He said, uh, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have? Can I get somebody? Can I get somebody to come stand with me? I need a woman. Uh, I need a woman. <laughs> the prophet comes. Prophet, prophet. Yes, sir. <laughs> you have the, the woman. <laughs> so you have the person coming with you. Prophet, prophet. <laughs> you're desperate. You're, you're like, you need help. Prophet, prophet. I need help. They're coming to collect my, my children. Help me, help me. You're supposed to be crying. Right? So the woman comes. How many of you know that for most of us, once we've dumped our problems on people, we expect that they just take it over? Is that so? What does the prophet do? The prophet says, What shall I do for you? In other words, I'm not negating the fact that there's something I can do for you. But before we get to me, what is in the text? Read it. What do you have in the house? God's revelation will not do much in your life without your responsibility. And this is the turning point for many believers to realize that God is good. God is kind. God is faithful. God is just. But God also wants you to take responsibility. I'm happy for those who took responsibility to celebrate that point. That's... He says, what do you have in the house? Why? The reason you got into this problem is that all your life, you have always thought about what other people had in their own houses. The reason your husband ended up in debt to the degree to which your children now have to pay back is because he didn't pay enough attention to what 
he had in the house. And look at what the prophet does not say. The prophet does not say, what do you have in your parents' house? It's the same house in which your husband died. God says there was enough in it for him to have paid this thing back. Oh, come on now. Help me. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm going to dig. Oh, yes. Say, I'm going to dig my house. Say, I'll turn things over. I'll switch. I'll turn on the lights. I, I will sweep the doors. Do you remember when the Bible speaks about the woman with the lost coin? The word says the coin was lost where? In the house. Then the Bible says, so she turned on the lights. What is that? Revelation. Somebody shout revelation. That's lights. Turned on the lights. Somebody say, Lord, I receive lights. Lord, I proclaim over this house, let light bulbs start going on in people's minds, in people's hearts, in people's thinking, in people's orientation. Let the light of insight begin to break loose. Where people couldn't see before, let them begin to see. Where people couldn't hear before, let them begin to hear. Where people were not well postured before, let them be postured. Let them be positioned in the name of Jesus. May you hear conversations differently. To know that what people are complaining about is the first key to your next 10 million. (laughs) Because sometimes the request comes as complaint. So light is what? But was that all she did? Was she dancing in the light? Dancing in the light. Dancing in the light. What's the next thing she does? She picks up a what? Broom and begins to? That's a responsibility. You can't find the resource without matching the revelation with the responsibility. The coin is in the house. And the coin is in the, in the house. The coin solar is in the house. The coin solar in the house. I wonder what's in your house. The prophet was curious and said, what's in the house? I don't remember the guy's name is an Indian, but some of you are techies who know the guy. This guy makes tens of millions of dollars annually by installing or designing plugins for Chrome. Who's no, who's had the guy's story? Chrome. Chrome browser. You know those plugins that you find very annoying sometimes? This guy designs them. He's the only employee of his company. He makes tens, do you know his name? Tens of millions, you can Google him, of dollars. Somebody say, open my eyes, God. I pray for somebody. Look at what it said. It said, what do you have where? What do you have where? You know the child, many of us, we're always looking for wealth in the office. In the office, in the streets. But many of you forget that even in the, off, in the house, you have something in the office, Microsoft Office in the house. Somebody would design a template that will make them millions. 
Someone will design an Excel template that will make them millions. Oh, I've paid for some templates before, some business process templates before. They'll just sell like 10 in one, 5,000, just 5,000 there. Well, they're selling 200 every week. That's a million. If I, is somebody here, shout, I'm not poor. Shall I have mega supply? Please see it in your spirit as you see. Let every fiber of your being embrace it. Let your soul understand that it's true. And say, I have mega supply. Say. What do you have in the house? Well, maybe the problem is many of us don't spend enough time in the house to know what's there. Maybe we run away too quickly from the house. We're outside. Come on now. We're outside. Maybe you need to get inside. He that dwells in the secret place. One of my friends came to see me at Dream Space last week. And he is now in, his, in a line of business uh, where he acquires businesses. And I used to think it was a big deal in America because I'd studied a bit about the buying business in America and the cash flow and all of that. And he showed me that he's doing it in Nigeria. Big businesses. By when I say big, not like big businesses really. But I'm saying the revenue. <laughs> right? Now, what, what, what is going on there? Because there are people who want to retire whose children are in Canada and London and Germany and Australia, they have houses and machinery in Nigeria that the children don't want to take over. <laughs> and they have staff. And they've spent 25, 30 years of their lives building that. So they want somebody who's passionate about that. So they will sell it for cheap just to exit. Come on now. So he's buying this business for like 10 million, 15 million, 20 million. The business have turned over about 3 million a month. Somebody raise your right hand and say, Lord, I receive mine. What do you have? Please help me get out of your seat and go to five people real quick and tell them what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? I know that you know what's going on online. I know that you know what's going on in uh, Beverly Hills. I know you know what's going on, Dr. Nio 210. I know you know what's going on in this place and that place. But God is not looking for what's going on on your Instagram page. He said, what do you have in... What do you have... Do you know what she said? What did she say? Your maid servant. Please read it. Behind every bot, there's a revelation. Behind every bot, there's a revelation. You know why? Your seed capital will never come without a bot. 
The problem with people is they want botless processes. There's no botless process. There's no boss or job without a bot. There's no investment without a bot. There's no business partner without a bot. Come on, can we talk? Stop looking for perfect. Start looking for divine. And the divine story of salvation has many bots. Why is Jesus coming through a lineage that has people like Rahab inside? Is that not a bot? Couldn't find somebody without a past? <laughs> Can we talk? Because the reason some of us have not entered into what God has provided is that we're looking for botless industries. I wanted to give pair. He just, he just wanted to be very like soft. <laughs> let me tell you what. Let me just let me just help somebody now. You know all those online models, they're like they're living soft life. For them to filter that their face into softness, for them to do their cleansing and whatever, that makeup they did for you that you saw in 30 seconds with the nice thing, soft took them three hours, sometimes three days, because they had serious acne that they could not cover up with any makeup technology. So they ain't nothing soft without anything hard. Do we see that? Okay. If you're like, don't believe me, five years from now, you'll be like, oh, you said it. Don't wait for five years. Say, hear it now, get it now, get it now. Say, get it now, get it now. Your maidservant has nothing in the house, but somebody shall bought, shall bought, bought, bought a book, bought a template, bought a business process, bought a perspective, bought a consultant angle, bought an insight, bought a supporting, bought a marketing plan. There is always something all right that you have, and I prophesy to you, even in your own industry, that there is something that you have for that organization beyond you just being an efficient and progressive gentleman, that God will open up for you an asset stream that will change the way things are done for the better and bring you into a place of supreme wealth in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody, whatever bots you've been hiding that the Lord will open your eyes to begin to explore them in the name of Jesus your jar of oil will no longer be hidden if that amen is really coming from a place from deep down in your heart shout I receive it in the name of Jesus always something I was wondering why would God always throw things back? Boom. Because who has a like a, a softball or something like that that we can use? Because God wants to commune with you, interact with you, engage you, a stress ball or something. Right? God wants it to be back and forth communion, right? Right? He wants, he wants to interact with you. It's in that place that there is... <laughs> I've removed the airports. 
right? In that place that there is exchange, this is communion, this is koinonia, this is I'm giving you how you're giving me low. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? This is exchange. <laughs> but we just want transaction. We want this, give them walk away. That's what we want. God doesn't want that. That's why I call Abraham his friend. Who do you entrust your biggest assets to? Your friends. God entrusted nations to Abraham because Abraham was his friend. Those who are not your friends, you give them alms. You give them handouts. Right? Alms. To survive. God said, ask of me and I will give you the what? Nations. Because if I give you a whole nation, hope you know you are not expressed enough to manage it. So you will ask me what to do. Then I'll tell you what to do. Then you ask me what to do. Then I'll tell you what to do. The mismanagement of nations is rooted in broken fellowship between man and the God who made the nations. You can't manage what you don't have wisdom and experience for. That's why I said the government shall be upon the shoulder of the one who has placed the shoulder on the chest of the one who made the government. There's no, there's no unbeliever that can manage a nation well. If they manage the nation well, they'll damage the souls of the people there. Are we getting this? Thank you very much, Josiah. There is a chart I use during wealth and riches. Pilan, do we have it? During wealth and riches last year, and is a very powerful framework. I don't think many of you have studied it. If you want to know the secrets to sustenance in my life, and according to the Bible, you need to study. Don't just look at it. Have you given to media? Yeah. It's just it's it's a whole lot. <laughs> but this is the secret. <laughs> There are only three ways God supplies. So we've seen that God supplies. There are only three ways God supplies. God supplies through his own hands. God supplies through your own hands. And God, God supplies through the hands of other people. Those are the only ways God supplies. His hand, your hands, the hands of other people. Somebody say his hand, your hands, the hands of other people. This is it. Thanks, media. When God supplies through his, through his hands, that's his favor. His favor is at work. Right? And we'll look at a couple of scriptures. Yep. Providence in nature, creation, miracles, signs, wonders, and interventions, God supplies. Okay? This is essentially wealth from above. Boom. How does God supply? He has placed them in the earth. Natural resources in the earth. Prayer can bring his hand to intervene in the affairs of men. His hand comes in, creates supply, supply stream, right? As a matter of intervention. God supplies that way. Prayer does that. You can bask in that. If you observe very well, you will see how God supplies. Territorial sovereign wealth, crude oil, all of that. It's also from the premise of revelation that he dispenses that. I've spoken about natural resources. And those, this kind of wealth 
is activated based on vision and voices. Oftentimes for you to tap into the world that God provides by his hand, you're going to need those five major things. Ideas. He will give you an idea. And many people, they get an idea and they run away. When God gives you an idea, ask for the instruction for the idea. I hope you know there are two different things. <laughs> the fact that God gave you a message does not mean it should be a book. It could be a webinar. I want you to call it law. In other words, people have written books. <laughs> so chapter four, then the project supervisor now says, hey, <laughs> I'm changing your project topic. <laughs> After I've gone to Oshogbo back and forth <laughs> to go and look for sesame seed. <laughs> Specimen. <laughs> to, go, to, to go and collect sample. <laughs> I think that's Minister Ochoa that told me that. <laughs> that she, her, her, <laughs> her, her project was about rats. <laughs> she bred the rats and they even died. <laughs> Pardon? Some escaped. <laughs> See, the rats are like, you think you can catch me? It's bad enough that I'm a rat. I'm not a rat in Nigeria. You're not using me for projects. God forbid. The rats are, God forbid, I ran away. <laughs> right. Now, I'm not saying don't do stuff. I'm saying if you run into a brick wall, then ask yourself, where am I missing it? Let me tell you what, God never misses it. God never gets it wrong, never. And it takes a lot of humility for me to look at my process and say, if I'm not getting the kind of results I desire, I must be missing it somewhere, one, or in some cases, it's just a function of time. Because the Bible says that we should be imitators of those who through faith and patience possess the promise. So sometimes you're not wrong, <laughs> It just takes nine months, think you better baby. And you're being in a hurry for the first 30 days won't change that process. Are we getting this? The second way God supplies is through your hands. All right, God supplies through your hands and this is labor. This is strategic deployment of resources. Conscious application of efforts, so trade, job creation, supply of goods and services and solutions. This is tapping into the wealth within and exporting the wealth within through intentional and intelligent efforts. Because no man has been left without resource. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl, everybody, else is good to see, right? Everybody has been given resource. So wealth within, this is the self-actualization stream. This is about what I produce, the tasks I take on. I get what I deserve based on my hands because after all, it's my hands. So it's how I move it that will determine what I take, right? <laughs> how many of us did communal living? You lived with maybe siblings or you went to boarding house and you lived with bunk mates and all. Um... How many of you had things like Ebanites, Ebangisha? What do you call it? Feshelu. Feshelu, not Waterloo. So some people went to Waterloo, others went to 
Fechelu. No, be proud of, about your invention. Eban sardine, ground pepper with okra. That's posh. <laughs> Tell me. Eban geisha. All right. Now, you know when you guys cook that stuff, some of you now even use the bucket you used to have your bath in the morning. Put, <laughs> put boiling ring inside the water. Boil it, boil it, boil it. Put there by inside. Now, how many of you know that sometimes some people's hands were like orogun? They'll put their hand inside the the eba and use their hand. <laughs> marvelous, marvelous, right? They use their hand to turn it around. Right. Now, you know that there's some of you that used to act like, it's that, it's that. Right? But there are other people that will go like this. <laughs> and there are others that will use their hand of power. The labor market is like Eba. It's the hand you use that will determine the Eba you'll get. Isok. God's hand has already provided the gari. Hot water. Bucket. You know what Proverbs says? He says, the lazy man, he dies of hunger because his hand is too lazy to put what he has collected inside his mouth. Look at your neighbor, move, say, move your hand. Some of you are not saying it with life and energy. Say, move your hand. Say, get moving, get moving, get going, get going. Get moving, do something, do something, find something. This week, don't wait till the house rent is due before you do something. Don't wait till the payment is due before you do something. Sometimes I get a little concerned about believers who are waiting till three days before the rent is due. I'm like, didn't you have an agreement with this person? Didn't you have, right? Are you, are you here, somebody? What were you waiting for? High five your neighbor till their palms blush and tell them do something before you need to do something. If it's going to get sorted, then tell yourself I have to sort it before it becomes an emergency. And number three is the hand of other people. Now, can I ask you a question? For many believers, which of these hands are they always looking at? God's hand first. What's the number two believers like? Other people's hands. But which is the hand that you should be looking at first? God's hand followed by what? My hand. Somebody shout my hands. Are blessed with the blessings of the Lord. Anyone I touch, go hammer. 
touch somebody say you must hammer you blow in the blessings of God you're increasing the miraculous everything I touch is blessed if you are without a job you will go to that mobile phone and look at an app like Canva have you seen what Canva have done they celebrated, celebrated 15 billion designs two months ago. That app is what tens of billions of Naira now. The girl is about 34, 35. She started that company from frustration of waiting for a graphics designer. All of us complained about it. She did something about it. Please do something about what somebody is complaining about. I pray that the Lord will make you grossly uncomfortable. When you're about to be lazy, you just see my face. Ah, do something. When you're about to while away time, you just see my face. Ah, what are you doing with your life? My face will appear like a meme in your life, in your heart. Until you do something about it, you will see the glory of God. You will get up. You will be like, I cannot be lazy. I cannot be lazy. I cannot be lazy. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Are we here? Now, this other people's hands, it comes through relationships, it comes through referrals, it comes through requests and recognition. In our text, which of these hands do you think God used? In our text, which one did God use? Which one did God use? Which one did God use? I'll show you from the text. The woman comes to the man. What's she focusing on? God's hand. God, do something, do something, do something. God said, what shall I do for you? What do you have in your house? Pass the ball to what? Her hands. And said, go and find what you have, oil. Then said, go and borrow vessels from who? I didn't ask you to clap, but if you're clapping. Get ready for a marriage of all the hands that God has. Get ready for a marriage between God's hand, your hands, your hands and their hands. You're going to take responsibility based on the revelation and based on their referrals, you have more resources than ever before. In the name of Jesus, that supply, oh my mega, oh my major, oh my huge, oh my big, in the name of Jesus. Let's read a bit more of scripture then we'll taper it down. Please, to show that God is not a joker and that his hand really provides, provides, he gives us credentials in Psalm 78, 11 to 29. Psalm 78, 11 to 29. I'm going to read fast for time's sake, but please follow. He said, they forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their hand, of, of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zon. He by his hand, divided the sea and caused them to pass through. Now when he divided the sea, did he do it without Moses' hand? Without Moses' hand? Moses stretched his hand. Look at him and say, you got to move your hand. So Moses moved his hand, God moved his hand. <laughs> Sometimes God allows your own hand to be like a remote control for his purpose. 
He made the water stand, stand up like a heap. In the daytime also, he led them with the cloud and all the nights with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness. And what did he do? He gave them drink. How? In abundance. You will abound and you will dance. In abundance, like the depths, he gave them so much supply. He brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they still sinned even more against them by rebelling against the most high in the wilderness. And they tested God in their hearts by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock. So the waters gushed and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Uh-uh. Someone that has done all these things. Look at your neighbor say, your bills are too small, I beg. Tell that person, say, your master's fees too small. Too small. He's done all of this. He said, Can you also provide meat for his people? Therefore, the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. And what did he do? Read this one. He imagined manna coming upon your life. He what? Can I ask you a question? Was he pleased with them when he did this or was he angry? Was he pleased or angry? Angry. Yet he provided. So why are you allowing the devil lie to you that because God is angry with you, that's why there is lack in your life? Oh, it's God okay. Look at your neighbor. Say, in my father's anger, my father is committed to feed me full. Pardon? bread day tell somebody say there's plenty of bread say there's cheese God provides God provides God provides he causes rain to come on the good and the evil. He rained down manna on them to eat and he went beyond that. He gave them the bread of heaven. Men ate angels food. He sent them food to the what? Fool. He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens and by his power. He brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like this year you will eat well. You will not eat junk food but you will eat well. You will be well fed. The economy may be tough but it will not reduce your ration in God. The word says he rained on them like the dust feathered fowl, like the sand of the seas. And he let them fall in the midst of the camp all around their dwellings. So they ate and were filled, for he gave them their own desire. Right? I want to keep that in mind. Let's quickly talk about uh, God's hand. See God's hand. Psalm 145, 15 to 17. I want to give you scriptures for those three hands. Psalm 145, 15, 17. The eyes of all look 
expectantly to you and you give them their food when in due season what do you do God you open up your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing <laughs> the Lord is righteous in all his ways can we do you know that's true are you sure gracious in all his works please give us that in the tpt 15 and 16 tpt <clears throat> excuse me look at that see this now i love this let's read it together when you open your generous hand what happens it's full of blessings satisfying the longings of every living being full of blessings so God supplies when you go to Hebrews chapter 13 Hebrews 13 5 to 6 let your conduct be without covetousness be content be content with such things as you have for he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you so he will boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me TPT says don't be obsessed with money because part of what blocks our supply sometimes or rather our vision of our supply sometimes is that we are looking through the filter of money so you think that the fact that you don't have the money for it does not mean God will not do it you know that happens God can bring it God can use barter God can give you a payment plan you all don't believe them it says don't be obsessed with money but live content with what you have for you always have what God's presence for hasn't he promised you I will never leave you never somebody shall never and I will not loosen my grip on your life so that we can say with great confidence I know the Lord is for me and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me now the amplified classic I really love this one amplified classic is that let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money including greed avarice lust and craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have oh come on I thought we're together for he God himself has said I will not in any way fail you not give up not leave you without support I will not I will not I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you Oh, come and clap those hands if you believe God doesn't lie. 
never nor forsake you nor let you down or nor let you down relax my hold on you assuredly not assuredly not final one on that please read let's read Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 and the Lord he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. Let's read that together. Say, and the Lord is the one that goes before me. He will be with me. He will not leave me, nor forsake me. I will not fear, and I will not be dismayed. Give us Amplified Classic powerful it is the Lord who goes before you he will now I, I love that one you know why I love it uh, Mazda come help me today who knows how to match you remember how to match do you know how to match you remember left right left right do you know how to left left right how do you yeah, in that's in that right, left, right, forward, march. We go first, boom. Okay. One, two, one, two. See, this marching, marching means I'm in sync with you. I'm not going to fall behind. God is saying, I'm not going to wait till they've disgraced your entire generation before I respond to you. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? God is saying, I got you on this. If you can't trust yourself, trust me. I will not fall your hand. Is anybody here? In other words, if I say halt, I have a plan. Are we getting that now? This is important. He said he will march with you. Somebody say, God is marching with me. He will not fail you nor let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither become what? Don't be broken where? A.K.A. Do you know why depression is such a major issue? Because one of the ways you break people is to depress their spirits. And once you've broken people, you can take everything that belongs to them. The believer must rise and say, God, you are on the inside of me. You are with me. You are marching with me. I do not lack anything good. You are coming through for me. As well as you came through for the widow woman and she ended up as a testimony. I'm getting ready to close. As a testimony, my life will not end up in dryness. I have mega supply. Somebody shout, I have mega supply. In the second service, I'll break down the prices of the woman. But let's go back to the text as I round this off. 
We'll go. We'll break that down in the second service. But I'll, let me show you a couple of things here. Second uh, Kings chapter four in our text. So she comes to the prophet and says, "Prophet, prophet, my sons are about to be sold for this. So what can I do for you? Go and look for what you have." And she went into the house and she found the jar of oil. And she said, "The prophet said, go and borrow vessels from everywhere." Now, the last thing this woman needed in her life was more emptiness. <laughs> I came to you because I was empty. And you're telling me to go and become more empty. Because God is trying to prove to you that your poverty is not deep enough. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. If you thought it was the end of your story, you missed the cost outline. According to my outline for you, you've not even started. You are about to become a global exporter of everything you thought you lacked. You are about to become a dispenser, a divinely ordained distributor of something that was intimidating you at some point in your life. For some of you who have not been granted visas or passports, listen, you will travel to the point where you are tired of traveling you under God by the Spirit of God everything that looks like you are lacking right now you better get ready I want baby I want baby you better get ready for triplets are you ready don't start complaining when they start keeping you awake in the middle of the night because you ask for it somebody's like eh, I, I want to be more popular are you ready for 3,000 text messages every week are you really ready for what you're asking for God says that go and create more room for what you're asking for because I'm about to unleash my hand because you thought I was playing you thought I'm joking you thought you call on me and I'll give you small I'm not a small God I'm not an intimidated God I'm not a weak God do you think your goal list can be bigger than my prophecy for your life you think so you think I'm playing games with my son that I sent him to die and they say, hey, get, get, you have an answer. Don't worry, you better go and build capacity. Because when I answer, you'll be the one to be tired. I'm telling you. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? He said, go and look for more room. Waiting time is not complaining time. It's capacity building time. I'll talk about that in the second service. It's not complaining time. It's capacity building time. Oh God, send us the thousands of people are, are, are in Kings. They are coming. They are coming. Oh, I, I know people who have been praying and those who have not. I said they are coming. But let me tell you what they are coming means. They are coming means that many of you were preaching third service and fourth service. The coming means that you're going to be a master life facilitator. You can't say until until the coming means you'll be here by 6:30 a.m. Build capacity. Are we getting this? Hey, prophet, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a job. Go and borrow more. Go and build capacity. And it said, go everywhere. You cannot say I want to be global and you're acting local. So go everywhere. Go and learn the language of the cosmopolitan generation. Go and learn how to speak to the high, to the low, to the people in between. Move outside of your comfort zone. I proclaim as I close this service that like that woman, when you get those empty vessels and you begin to pour oil, your oil will not stop flowing. 
it's amazing that the first thing that we see in this text after she obeys is that she begins to pour the oil some of you feel like you have nothing else to pour you feel like nothing is pouring but don't forget that your wealth flows in waves your prosperity it pours like rain it pours it pours oh pour it will not stop pouring. Kenneth, you better get ready. Tolu, you better get ready. Ife, are you still getting ready for more that is about to come in? Nora, are you really ready? Where are those who are ready for the pouring? Fidel, you won't just go to Abuja. Abuja will come to you. Something will happen in your life. Ezekiah, are you ready for more? Are you ready to receive more? Dami Funshaw, are you ready? Somebody say, I receive supply. Say, I receive supply. All the while, the woman was focused on her own bills. But guess what? What the woman possibly did not realize was that the same way she was suffering from emptiness, for there to be many empty vessels, that means many families already had supper, but everybody was forming. Because if the vessels were full, she would have none to borrow. Your personal pinching point is proof that there's a generation you will deliver through God's creative wealth on the inside of you. Because if you are feeling it that way, more people are feeling it too. People just know how to manage themselves. Oh, come on now. People just know how to arrange themselves, put on their nice pinstriped suits, put on their mask ara, mask alara, mascara. They just know how to, right? Mask their akara with their ekbo and akara. They just know how to mask it. Everybody's forming the, they have three uh, piece meal, what do you call it, three parts meal, three, what? Three square meals. Three, three course meals, right? But meanwhile, people are soaking gari. So if all God did for this one was to solve our problem, he had solved the personal problem, but not a national one. God said, I want to use your personal problem as the inroad to solve a national one. Oh, come on now, I'm, I'm closing. He says, I'm about to feed nations through your farm. By the way, I've said it before by sense of prophetically, some of you need to go and reclaim your father's farms, your mother's farms, your parents' farms in your village. You are struggling inside one face me, I slap your apartment inside Lagos. Everybody is carrying laptop, but so if you don't have anything on top, go and claim that farm and visit it every weekend right and build then build then visit twice a week and start exporting vegetables and stuff do you understand i'm making your one millionaire every two weeks for a start then do you understand anybody blessed this morning raise your hands you can clap those hands and celebrate your We'll continue in the second service. Now raise those hands to the Lord and let him pour oil. Anytime you're trusting God for something, find which hands are missing. 
God's hand is never missing anyway. The only time God's hand will not be upon a thing is if it's against his will. God never works against himself. He's not divided. So if you're, you keep hitting a brick wall over and over and over and over and over, just pause and say, God, is your hand on it. Fast for a day, two days, maybe three days for light and clarity. Once God's hand is on it, then put your own hands on it. And please don't wait for other people's hands to come on something when your own hands are not on it. You have to be the first investor under God. One of the things God told me, and it just reminded me again now, is that for some of you who have suffered losses this year, He's reversing all of that. He's reversing those losses. You'll begin to hear good news this week. Zobita kufreni shakita tai shobata. Mredika tufreni zagatalus in the daikush. Naze batavrazila hataikus palata. Beniza Gavros Palijagai, Zovarita Katai, La Prospekovrina Dujelitai, Nazo Sinakabrata, Rapekovrina Basha. Investments that went bad will call you back out. We call for the restoration. Monies that went missing. Exploitative scenarios and situations were reversed by the mighty hand of God. In the name of Jesus, I call for healing to areas of hurt, to areas of damage, to areas of desperation, to areas of lack, to areas of stress. Loans that you've not been able to repay. I call for speedy help in the name of Jesus. May the angels of the Lord bring supply, bring help and increase. Wherever there are holes, leakages in the form of human beings, the right people in the wrong place, the wrong people in the right place, we expose them. We uproot them from your life. Wherever there are undue attachments, undue commitments, false loyalties, we cut them off in the name of Jesus. There's a problem in Yoruba In other words, the things that are destroying a leaf are connected to the leaf. Whatever is a manipulative and exploitative personality, person, human being, construct in your life, we expose them and we separate you from them. In the name of Jesus. Your eyes are open to see what's in your house. You see it clearly now. You see it clearly now. Your good ideas won't die as just ideas. They will die as portable solutions that will feed you, your family, your children, your generations, and those who are coming behind you. Lord, I pray that you open to this house legacy streams, sovereign wealth, legacy funds, legacy projects in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive inflows that will cause individuals and this corporate house to rejoice exuberantly in the name of Jesus. We have seen your hand at work. We receive your hand at work yet again and again and again. This is the week of school fees. I just paid two young men's school fees yesterday. Seven digits. I will soon become a school teacher. 
I'll be paying myself. <laughs> it's the week of school fees. You will not pay it in strain. You will not pay it in stress. I pray for every father, every mother, every guardian, every caregiver, everyone who is paying school fees this week. As you pay, money comes to replace it. As you invest in your children, you will not do it with tears. You will not do it in pain. You will not do it in shame. You will not be the one running away from the school phone calls. You will not be the one burying your head in shame. You have more than enough to meet those needs and to go beyond those needs. In the name of Jesus, it is quarter two. Your money will not be quartered. Your money will be quadrupled. In the name of Jesus, your money will be quadrupled. Four times more, four times over. And I proclaim that all your jars will be full. All your jars will be full of oil. In the name of Jesus, somebody celebrate God with a shout and a clap. is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this how